continue our daily Bible reading for this Thursday, the 24th of March, and we are in Zechariah chapter 10. You know, we get a lot of repeat here of what we just read in Zechariah chapter 9, uh, both of God's judgment on Israel's enemies and then God's promise to send them a king and to restore them, and, and God's promise that he would save his people. So let's get right into chapter, chapter 10. Uh, my heading on chapter 10 in my Bible says, Restoration for Judah and for Israel. And uh, let's kind of pick this apart and look at it verse by verse. First of all, look at the very first word in chapter 10. Isn't this like God? This is the God who says to us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. What is that but an invitation from God? God doesn't say, hey, I'll stay up in heaven. You guys come and you seek me. Um, he says, ask, ask of you. He's willing to come down to us. He calls us to ask of him. Um, think of even the Lord's Prayer, the, the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. Luther did a great job in his explanation of these petitions by saying each one of them, uh, Jesus is saying, you can come to God and say, God, make your will to be done. God, make your kingdom to come. Um, God, uh, forgive sins. Uh, God, don't lead me into, uh, into temptation, but God, deliver me from evil. When you think about that, when you step back for a second and look at that prayer, uh, it's crazy. But, but why can we do that? Because Jesus said we can address him as our father. We can come to him. And again, Luther's words on the, in the introduction of the Lord's Prayer was, we come to him like dear children come to their dear fathers. Now think about that. Think about how a little child comes up to the father or mother, tugs upon the leg and says, mommy, daddy, daddy, daddy. And they'll keep asking. Um, and uh, um, you and I, as, as human parents, we get tired of that. We grow, grow weary. But remember, never equate God even to the best of human beings you can think of. He is so far above that, and he loves his people to come to him. But what was happening uh, at this time, what happens too in our time too, people go away from God, and then they just get mad at God because uh, um, because they, they've gone away. They're the ones who have strayed. Um, God is welcoming always back to him. But again, like a faithful parent, like a loving parent, it's always on his turn. Remember, we are always like children. We don't know what's best for us. We are more like children who kind of wander aimlessly and, and go after the wrong things. We need a loving parent who loves us enough to, to punish us when we go the wrong direction, cares enough about us that, that uh, when we won't listen to him, he finally lets us have what we ask for. But then he's always there like that loving father in the, in the story of the prodigal son, that when we finally wise up and, start, and come back to him, he runs to meet us. That's the picture that you get. And, and the picture that you get, and we've always gotten through uh, through Zechariah in the Old Testament and the New, too, is this passionate love that God has for his people. Passionate and sometimes angry, punishing us when we need that, um, but but always ready for us to come back. So, again, that first word in, in the chapter 10 is so powerful that God would would even stoop to to come to us and say, ask. And what's he, what's he say to ask for? Ask rain from the Lord in the season of the spring rain. Now, what a great figure, um, recognizing that uh, if God doesn't care for us, if he doesn't send the rain that we need, and this is like extra blessing. The spring rain is just, just on top of the blessings that we already had. And, and God says he's going to answer. And then his warning in verse 2, anything that we put our faith hope and trust and love into besides God is going to, is described in chapter two. And it's so powerful. Um, any other thing that we'd put our trust in is going to utter nonsense to us. It's going to say, hey, it's going to be really great and, and all flashy, but in the end, um, it's all lies. 
Um, it's false dreams. You know what those are. They're dreams that, that promise all kinds of things, but they can't give it. It's empty consolation. We get a little bit of a peace but, but, uh, and comfort from and, and joy from, but it doesn't last at all. Um, it causes us to wonder like sheep who are easily led astray. And just think how easily we get led astray. We see an advertisement about something or, or we get lured away into, into something that we think is going to make us happy. But in the end, it doesn't work. We're like sheep who are led astray. We're following this thing and then we follow that thing and we follow this. And, and we need a shepherd who's going to guide us in the right path. Think of the 23rd Psalm. And God's anger is against anybody who, anything that leads his people astray. Look at verse three, whether it's shepherds or leaders, um, he's the flock and uh, he's the Lord of that flock and he cares for it. Look at that word in verse three, the Lord of hosts cares for his flock, the house of Judah. And then I want you to notice again, the pronouns. Notice in verse four, from him. Now, who might that him be? Well, it's Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus is the he of Genesis 3. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between her seed and, and his seed. Um, he will crush your head. Jesus is that he. So Jesus is, the, look at verse 4, the cornerstone. Uh, we know that from uh, Jesus uh, and his language in the Gospels. He's the tent peg. What's a tent peg do? It holds something solid. It's driven into the ground, makes it solid. He's the battle boat. He's going to fight for us. He's the, he's the warrior that fights for his people. He, he gives us those um, uh, the armor of God uh, in that battle too, but he's the one that goes to fight. And, uh, and, and he's the ruler. He's the king of kings and lord of lords. Um, but he works among his people. Now notice the they in verse five. So that God's people, you and me, who follow the Lord, who believe in him, um, who hold Jesus Christ as our savior, uh, we will be like mighty men in battle. We will be able to trample the foe um, we can even say to death, we can say to death, where or death is your victory, where or death is your sting, uh, because we fight with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul ends that chapter in 1 Corinthians 15 with thanks be to God who gives who? Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to be able to fight. And look at the wonderful words of promise that he gives in the rest of the chapter. I will strengthen the house, verse 6 of Judah. I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them back because of the compassion I have on them. And again, I brought up at the beginning, I said, you know, God loves us enough that sometimes he allows us, he rejects us when we reject him first. And he allows us to, to go into, into captivity or, to, or to, uh, to wallow in our sin until we finally, like the, like the loving father who allowed his prodigal son to go off, knowing full well what he was going to do it. And yet he's there waiting for him when he returns you just get that sense of it in, in the rest of this chapter too. And then notice in verse 11, there's the he again, there's Jesus um, who shall pass through the sea of troubles. He went to the cross for us. He was willing to take a punishment. He was willing to go through hell for us. Um, and then what's he do? He strikes down the waves of the sea. He conquers the enemy that we have. And, uh, and he's gonna bring down that enemy. And what does that do for us? Verse 12, that will make us strong in the Lord. There's the them again, and the they, uh, we shall walk in his name, declares the Lord. So a wonderful chapter again of, um, of all things, God's people who had been so unfaithful to him, and yet God's calling them back and making them promises, the same call that God gives to us too. Um, so God bless you as we continue to read through good old Zechariah, the Lord remembers.